0: The Pharisees desired Jesus, a hymn, that He would eat with Him. And He went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment. Now there's been 10,000 sermons preached on the alabaster box. And I'm going to try to not get hung up on the alabaster box, all right? But Matthew said she broke the alabaster box. But in verse number 8, and the Bible said uh, the alabaster box of ointment, and stood up, this is the lady, at his feet behind him weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment that came out of the alabaster box. Verse 39. Now when the Pharisees which had bidden him saw it, uh, he spake within himself, saying... Now I wrote a note beside a he spake within himself. I wrote a note, I'll give you a penny for your thoughts. You know Jesus is a mind reader. Man will give, a thought, give an account of every foolish. The thought of foolishness is sin. So watch what you think. I was in the kitchen yesterday and uh, had a song on my heart and my wife started singing that song. Holy ghost is good, isn't it? I feel strangely peculiar this morning. There's <laughs> no telling what I might say here in a little bit. Hey, Amen. But anyway, this lady uh, in verse number 39, When the Pharisee, which had bidden him, saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he said, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors, The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. Now, if my math is still right from uh, when me and Abraham Lincoln was in third grade together, uh, one of them owed 10 times as much as the other. One of them owed 50, one of them owed 500. I'm in the 500 crowd. Verse 42, And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman, I entered into thine house, and thou gavest me no water for my feet. But she hath washed my feet with tears, and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss." But this woman, since a time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil doubt it's not anoint. But this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, Her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven." And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said to the woman, Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. Verse 36 through 50. Ask him to help me, would you? Father, I love you. I want to thank you one more time for the little stall where Jesus was born. I want to thank you for every step he took upon the face of this earth. I want to thank you, Lord, for Calvary where he bled and died in our stead that we might be saved by the grace of God. I thank you this morning for the promise that one day he is coming again. So we ask you, may you be exalted uh, through the feathers of this service today. Thank you for the good singing. Lord, the witness of the Holy Ghost has warmed our heart and I'm keenly aware that I need to be unctionized and empowered and loosed to preach the word of god today and i pray the word would find a lodging place in every heart under the sound of my voice save souls here today get the glory that's due your holy name and we'll love you for it father in jesus name amen thank you you may be seated keep your bible open i have studied uh, the entire week out of this chapter i study oh, i'm a bible student Uh, But nevertheless, I've studied and uh, probably three or four uh, messages have come out of this text from verse 36 down through verse number 50. And I'll try to uh, condense that down and not try to preach everything. But I do want to look at the exposition of the uh, Scripture that I read. And you've heard it before and you're probably as well aware of it as I am this morning. But the Bible said there was a certain Pharisee and he desired Jesus to come to his house and eat. And Jesus agreed to that and went to his house. And when he went in and sat down to meet, the Bible said there was a woman in the city. She heard that Jesus was over at Simon the Pharisee's house. And so she hastes, I'm sure, and makes her way to Simon the Pharisee's house. And when she comes in, the Bible said in verse 38, uh, she stood behind him at his feet weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head. That would be difficult for a lot of ladies today. Uh, And kissed his feet and anointed them with ointment. Now look at the picture of her. She's uh, uh, weeping and wiping and washing. Amen. And verse number 39, When the Pharisee, this is Simon, had bidden him so, it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. And you see the man by the name of Simon. The woman is worshiping and weeping and wiping his feet with the hairs of her head. And here's Simon sitting over here somewhere, and uh, he is uh, doubting and pouting and stewing and brewing. I can see him sitting over there. He's a fault finder. I'm going to try to get off of this point. I'll save it for a Saturday night message sometime. But one, one of the ladies there is worshiping God, and this fellow that invited Jesus to his house, he's sitting over there pouting. And I called him a fault finder. Now, I'm trying to, I'm to mess up a good message, but uh, that'll be fine. But he, if you'll look at the text, he found fault with Jesus. If this man knew what kind of woman this is, uh, he, he's not a prophet. If he knew if he was a prophet, he'd know not to let that woman touch him. So he found fault with the Savior. And then he found fault with a sinner. What's she doing in here? coming in here to my house and uh, sitting down and weeping and wiping and washing and carrying on here, he found fault with a sinner. A lot of churches do that today. They don't want poor old sinners to come in. I remember when we I first got saved, we were in a convention church. We went to a convention church because her daddy was a deacon and we were baptized in that church. And uh, I went to a church closer to home, a convention church, and I'd get out on Franklin Street in Tampa, Florida, that skid row, and I'd just rest, get a hold of some old sinner that looked like a cat that pulled him in on Saturday night and wouldn't. Need him, just left him aside somewhere, and I'd take him to church with me. Some of that crowd, they couldn't stand it. I mean, they didn't want that kind in the the church. So that's the kind of Pharisee, this Pharisee uh, by the name of Simon, that's a picture of religion. Would you agree with that? and he's all stubbed up because uh, he's doubting Jesus who he was. He's uh, thinking this sinner's probably too bad to be in his house and shouldn't be saved, and he just don't like the order of service that's going on. She's uh, bowing down and wow. worshiping him. He just He's against everything, amen. God help us not to get in that kind of an old sour attitude. i tell you this, you'll lose your children as sure as I'm standing before. you preaching this morning, you disagree with everything Jesus is doing, everything's going on in the church, everything is happening, you get that old attitude, and never get it into the mind and heart of your children, they'll die and go to hell as sure as the world. Amen. Amen. Let me uh, look at the text this morning. Uh, Jesus said... uh, When this uh, woman came in, began to uh, cry and weep and to worship and pour the ointment on his feet, then Simon said uh, uh, he didn't uh, like what Jesus was doing, didn't like what the woman was doing, didn't like the way the service was going. And Jesus turned around and said something to him. Look at verse number 40. I'll give you my title in just a moment. Give you three or four points and we'll be through. But in all this is going on now in verse number 40, Jesus answering said unto Simon, Simon, I have somewhat to say to thee. And he said, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. 10 times 50 is 500. I believe you agree with that part of my message anyway. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me therefore, which of them will love him most? Jesus rebuked Simon and said, apparently you don't love me as much as this sinful woman does. And he uh, brought this little math problem up to Simon and said, some people's forgiven 500 pence, and some people's forgiven 50. I wrote in my Bible, I'm in the 500 crowd, amen. God forgave me of a lot, and I'm glad that he did. And I got good news for you, it doesn't matter where you've been, it doesn't matter what you've done, the blood of Jesus Christ, God's son does what? It cleanses us from all sin. That cleansing there, I think that's a verb, it's a progressive verb, E-T-H on the end of it, it not only cleansed you and is cleansing you, but it will cleanse you tomorrow. Amen. The blood is in the mercy seat on heaven and still avails for the purging of sin and cleanses us from all sin. And so Jesus turns to Simon and turns to the woman and speaks to Simon and he said in verse 42, when they, these two 50 and 500, they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them birth. T- uh, tell me therefore which of them will love him most some people love God more than I do I guess they do but look at verse 43 Simon answered and said I suppose that he to whom he forgave most and he said unto him thou hast rightly judged so he's judging Simon is again and he got one thing right amen he's messed up on Jesus he's messed up on the sinner he was messed up on the servant but he got that right when he judged and said well I suppose somebody that's forgive, forgiven of all those terrible sin and this lady I'm not going to deal with her uh, past but that alabaster box they tell me from studying over the year uh, when she made her living if you'll study Matthew and study uh, this text she was a woman of the world out in the street and the monies that she made, and the all that she was given, she put those into an alabaster box. And they say that alabaster box is sealed. And I don't know how they know all of that, but they say it's sealed and cannot be opened. It has to be broken to let that uh, get that oil, that value that's in there. And that's another message within itself. But I'm telling you, if we let uh, break our alabaster box when we come to church, at a roamer from that alabaster would fill the sanctuary and that be a type of you confessing, repenting, and getting things right with God and neighbor, that aroma from sinners turning to Jesus and getting straightened out by you, that just fills the sanctuary with the blessings of the Lord. I hadn't got to my message yet, but look at verse number 43. Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And Jesus turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss." But this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil, thou didst not anoint. But this woman hath anointed my feet with oil. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. Let me finish it and I'll get to my message. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, thy sins are forgiven. Said that twice. He ever said that to you? And they that sat at meet with him began to say within themselves, the same Simon's friends, Simon's uh, religious buddies, who is this that forgiveth sins also? Here's He said to the woman, Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. I put a note there beside uh, verse number 50. Jesus said, Thy faith has saved thee. And I wrote there in my Bible this week, Are you saved? Could Jesus say to you, Thy sins are forgiven. Thy faith has saved thee. Look at this, some people doubt that and I've dealt with people for the last uh, 56 years that have doubted uh, their salvation and they said, "Free I, I remember a lady comes to my mind, uh, my wife and I are so dealing with her and the altar and she said, "And this has happened numerous times, I don't remember everything I said. I don't know if I said it right. I don't know exactly what transpired there in the altar, Brother Range. And I, I'm, I'm concerned about that. If you'll look at this text, and I hope you don't do it while I'm preaching, I've got four points and we'll be through. This woman got saved and never said a word. There's not one word she uttered, Pastor, all from the time she got in the house until Jesus said, Thy sins are forgiven thee. I didn't see where she's weeping and wiping and washing and worshiping God. And when all that's transpired, Jesus turned to her and said, Thy faith has saved thee. It's not what you're trying to do. It's trusting Jesus that gets you saved by the grace of God. Are you listening? It's so simple to be saved. If you don't believe that, ask Zacchaeus. It's simple as falling out of a tree. Just turn loose of what you're holding on to and fall in the arms of Jesus and he'll save you by the grace of God. Amen. It's not your religious affiliation. I doubt if old Simon had ever been saved and that crowd of religious brothers he had there, whoever they were, they probably didn't know the Lord. They were doubting him and everything else going on. And here's what Jesus rebuked him. Now look with me please in verse number 44. He turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman, I entered into thine house, Thou gavest me no water for my feet. I circle, I got water. She hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Look at verse 45. Thou gavest me no kiss. I mark kiss. But this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head, verse 46, with oil, thou didst not anoint but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Three things in verse number 44, 45, and 46. You've got water, you've got worship or the kiss, and you've got the oil in verse number 46. Here's what I want to preach for just a little while this morning on gifts that are fit for a king. Jesus said, Simon, you didn't give me any water. Simon... You hadn't kissed me since I've been here. Simon, you haven't anointed my head or my feet. Different uh, uh, interpretations there. But he said, you haven't given me these things. And this woman of the world, this sinful woman, she has not ceased uh, ceased to kiss my feet. And uh, she has given me the water with her tears. And she's bowed before me and anointed my feet with oil. Jesus, in that day, in that custom, and listen to me, I'll preach in between the line, when you invited a guest or the family came over or the guest came over and they came up to your door and you went to the door and invited them in, it's a custom in that day that the Bible teaches as well in other scriptures if you'll get it about uh, uh, going to the house. But when a guest came into your house, you had a little water and washed their feet. They'd been tracking on dirt roads and went up and down the way we have out in the world all week. And when we're going to invite Jesus into the service, we need to get a little water and wash our feet where we won't be defiled in the sanctuary. Amen. And so uh, Jesus goes into Simon's house. Simon didn't give him any water. Amen, preacher. They'd wash their feet, preacher. And then they'd take him. Amen and plant a kiss on their cheek. Yeah, man. No, I ain't, I ain't crazy, and I'm not a transgender, amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he'd wash his feet, the guest's feet would be washed, plant a kiss on his cheek, and then get some oil, and anoint him, and a little oil for his face, and to slick his hair back where he'd been out in the wind and traveling, and get him ready for some good fellowship in the house. Would you listen to the preacher just a minute? I have prayed all week, preacher, and ever since you asked me to come over here and pray. Lord, would you meet with us at Landrum Independent? Would you be our uh, honored guest? And would you move in our midst today? I'm telling you, the way to get Jesus in the house and keep him in the house is to get the feet washed and taken care of and get the uh, worship and the kissing taken care of. You say, "Now nah, I'm trying I'm about to get ahead of myself. I'm going to tear my message all to pieces. Amen. But get the best you got out. That all that that lady had, that was all she had. Yeah. That was her living. Yeah. And she broke that, and neighbor anointed defeat of Jesus. Yeah. Here's my message this morning. If the Lord will help me to bring it to you the way he gave it to me, that water represents you want to fellowship with. The dirt had to be washed off the feet. Of the guests that came in. We're honored guests in the house of God today. And the Lord's here, of course. But that uh, water, and she used her tears to wash his feet. Are you listening to me? She bowed down before him, behind him, the Bible said, and washed his feet with her tear. Numerous songs have been written about that. But that's a, a, a signal or a symbol that you want to fellowship with the Lord. You don't fellowship with the Lord with dirty feet. He doesn't fellowship where it's dirty and nasty. If you read the Old Testament account of the children of Israel coming out of Egypt and wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years, uh, contrary to crossing the Jordan at Cades Barnea, they wandered around and God said, when you uh nature calls and you have to use the bathroom, it said go outside the camp, get you a spade and bury, uh, the waste comes out of your body because I'm walking around in the camp and I don't want to get dirty and nasty. No, you'll find that in Old Testament if you'll look. Go outside the camp. We ought to go to church. Uh, church, are you listed? We ought to wash our feet. Now, I'm not going to get in an argument with you about. Uh, I'm here's my thought. That feet washing of the feet means fellowship. If you study John 13, and I was saved in a Free Will Baptist church, I don't think foot washing is a uh church ordinance, and I hope that you do don't either, but nevertheless, Jesus got those disciples together, and he's in the shadow of the cross, and the Bible said he gird himself with a towel, and you masons watch out and don't get upset. Amen. He gird himself with a towel and got a pa- a basin of water, and he bowed down and washed their feet. And Peter, the spokesman of the crowd, y'all got y'all got everything all right. Peter said, "Uh, not my feet only, Lord. Just wash my all over. My head, my arms, my torso, my leg. Just wash me all over. And Jesus said, You don't need to be washed all over. It's just your feet that's got dirty. You know the temple didn't have a floor in it, and that priest, he had a before he went into that temple, he had a brazen laver that was made out of the ladies looking glass and that laver a little uh, something like this it had water in it I think top and bottom some don't say much about that he'd wash his hands and then he would wash his feet and he would go into that temple or the tabernacle and he wouldn't minister are you listening? He couldn't go in there defiled or God wouldn't manifest himself or he'd end up in a whole lot of trouble amen that's another message but that water represents filling Fellowshiping with God. And Jesus turned to the woman and said to Simon, he said, you didn't give me any water when I came in. But this woman has. She's given me her tears. Water in the Bible in this instance is fellowship. Learn when you come to church Sunday morning, Christmas, Easter, whatever day you go. Get that water. Feet washed and cleaned up, where you can walk with the Lord and fellowship with the Lord. Here's what John said. First John chapter number one. John said that was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen, which we have handled, which our eyes have looked upon. Talking about the Son of God and he got down about the middle of that chapter, and he said, "Uh, I'm writing these things and telling you these things so you can have fellowship with us too. We want you to fellowship with the Lord. Why do you think God put Adam and Eve in the garden? Somebody said, well, he was lonely. I don't think he was lonely. There were myriads of angels watching him forever and forever and forever, eternity behind us. So I don't think God was lonely. But I think he wanted to fellowship with his creation. And he made Adam out of the dust of the earth, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and took a rib out of there, one rib for you men. I think one rib's enough, don't you? Amen. I got two or three jokes I could tell you there, but I don't have time. You'd get out and lay here on the floor and get your clothes dirty. We don't want to do that, but... uh, God would come walking in the cool of the day and fellowship with Adam and Eve. Yes, sir. Now, we can fellowship Him out with him out in the house and on the job, wherever we go. But I'm telling you, the house of God is a special place. And I told the brother this morning, Paul said, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as a manner of some is. And folks assume, don't, I'll tell you what the problem is. They got dirty feet they don't fellowship with them when they come to church. The Bible said in the first Psalm, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us and not we ourselves. We're His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name. The Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, His truth endureth all generation. We come into the house of God to worship the Lord. Fellowship with Him. And I'm about to get ahead of myself. When you come here to church, don't worry about which side the pastor's hair is parted on. Don't worry too much about some sinner being in the congregation like old Simon was. Simon didn't offer one ounce or one minute of fellowship with Jesus that he invited to come to his house. But this woman did, this sinful woman did. And he ended up getting saved by the grace of God. I'm telling you, you get a spirit of worship in a church, And it doesn't matter too much what you sing and what the preacher preacher, the Holy Ghost will get a hold of her and they'll get saved by the grace of God. Somebody here this morning, you made a profession, never have been born again. Maybe you didn't do the right thing. Maybe you really didn't experience uh, the new birth, get saved by the grace of God like we sung about this morning. I'm telling you, get it settled. It's really not what you say, but it's not you trying. It's you trusting Jesus to save you by the grace of God. Don't be an old religious Pharisee like Simon was, and this crowd, my watch has stopped for some reason. But nevertheless, I'm not going to use that as an excuse. But there's a lot of people in our church today, they don't fellowship with the Lord because they don't know Him, they never have met Him. Are you listening to the preacher? It's hard for me to love somebody I don't know. Amen. It's not hard for me to love her. I've known her about 63 or 4 years, I guess. I know we don't look that old, but uh, we're going on 62 years of being married. I started to say happily married, but it's only been 57 happy and maybe a... One or two when we started all living on the lust of the flesh. But I'm telling you, when Jesus come in the house and made our house a home, it's been a whole lot different. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you fellowship? Well, maybe it's because you don't know Him. No, if God ain't here this morning, you pray for me. I'm in bad shape if God ain't here. If this ain't the Holy Ghost, I'm in trouble. <laughs> If I pulled my shirt up, these goosebumps on my back, as big as the end of your thumb. My little pig could nurse on them this morning and get about everything he needed to provide. I can quit now and say, I've been in the house of God and God bless me and God's helped me. I'm telling you, you'll probably have to be called to preach and surrender to preach, I guess, to, to experience what I'm experiencing right now. But there ain't nothing in this world, flesh, or anywhere else that can ever experience what I am experiencing right now with a touch of God. And I'm not boasting in that. God has just blessed me today. I got up that way. I woke up about one o'clock yesterday morning. I woke up and went and dozed off later and woke up about five or something like that. God has just been working in my heart today and wants to fellowship with me. And I've been fellowshipping with him since before daylight this morning. That's what the water represented Have you offered him? Here's my message. Gifts that are fit for a king. Simon didn't give the water, but a sinful woman did. Yeah. Have you offered him any water you want a fellowship with him? Yeah. Get those feet cleaned up, your walk cleaned up, walk in the Spirit, not fulfill the lust of the flesh, walk, Noah walk with God, and Enoch walk with God, and whatever you. You can still walk with God, but you got to have clean feet. Yeah. That's what the water means, fellowship. If you'll look it up in John 13, Jesus said, if I wash thee not, talking to Simon Peter, if I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Now say some crowds use that for falling from grace and all kinds of foolish doctrine. But you look the word part up in your strong skin cordon and you'll find out Jesus said, if I wash thee not, thou hast no fellowship with me. The word part there is fellowship. You can't fellowship with Jesus with dirty feet. Sin is a reproach to any people. Anything defiling in your heart, and we're talking about feet this morning, get your feet cleaned up. Get it cleaned up, and you can come into the house of God and worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fellowship with Him. I'm getting that worship. That's my second point. The water represented fellowship. The tears represented her heart and her emotion toward the Lord. I call that worship. John 4.24, the Bible said, God is a spirit, uppercase spirit. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. The second spirit in John 4.24 is your spirit. You come to the house, and I... I think, I hope I didn't hit a stump there, but read your Bible. God is a spirit. That's the person of God. They that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. It's not fleshly. Right, preacher. You get your spirit involved. Can I try to help you this morning? When you enter into the house of God, Reach out with that inner if you're saved and you're again dwelt by the Holy Ghost, reach out with that inner spirit in your heart and love Jesus. Amen. The Bible said in Psalms 2:11, "Kiss the Son, lest he be angry." Right How are you going to do? I planted a kiss on his cheek. I tickled a little bit right there. <laughs> <laughs> Psalms 2.11, "Kiss the Son." Have any of y'all kissed him this morning? Jude put it this way. He calls a worship service preacher a feast of charity. Charity in your Bible is a stronger word than our word love in the English. I don't have any trouble with the translation from Hebrew and Greek to English. But that word charity in your New Testament, that's a word, that's love in action. That's love that's got something to it. Everywhere we go, people say, I love you, brother. And they don't know me. I'm mean as a junkyard dog. Takes her grace of God and all she can run up to stay with me. And they'll say, I love you, preacher. I don't know whether this independent Baptist love is real or not. (laughs) Hey, listen. Kiss the son. Less to be angry. God wants to be more. He desires. John four twenty four and following. God is a spirit. They that worship Him must. Right. Divine imperative. Must worship Him in spirit and in truth. You know what follows that? The Father seeketh such to worship Him. Simon was a religious man, a Pharisee. He had other Pharisee company there in his house. And they're gathered around their pastor and they wouldn't know God if he come in with a sandwich sign on and said, I am God. They didn't know him. They didn't worship him. Nope. They didn't offer him any water for his feet. They didn't get that cleansed up. They offered him no tears of worship and repentance. If you let me put repentance in there. They didn't offer that. Those were gifts that were fit for Jesus. He is the king of the Jew. And the wise men said, where is he that's born king of the Jew? We've seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. And the wise men brought gold and frankincense and myrrh. That's his humanity, his deity, and his suffering. But nevertheless, Simon and the religious crowd never gave Jesus a gift that morning when he showed up or that day when he showed up in Simon's house. They didn't give him any water. They didn't give him any kisses. Now you can come to church. Y'all remember that old song, y'all country people. Elijah was a wooden Indian standing by the door. Fell in love with an Indian maid over at the antique store. Remember that song? I ain't been out in Nashville too long. (laughs) Here's Kalijah standing over there by the door. There's a pretty little carved out Indian maid over here, kind of like Bethany. Oh, Kalijah. I'd like to say something to her. He stood there. They'll probably sprouted roots and grow to the floor, the antique door, and never got a hug, and never got a kiss, and never got a thing out of it. We go to church that way. We'll sit down, cross our arms, and say, "Move me if you can." The only way I can move you would be like a good marine. Pay yes, you. Yes. I've been carrying that around for fifty-five years. I don't want to lose it. Yeah, man, preacher. Preach on. You couldn't move move them with a stick of dynamite. Uh, Get loose, enjoy the Lord. Some of you men had things to pick up at home if you put your arm around mom said, I still love you, and you're the best thing ever happened to me. Two things in my life in this order. When I met Jesus, He saved me by the grace of God. When I met that fair-haired lady over there, the silver-haired lady, that's the second best thing that ever happened to be in my life. And I intend on keeping both of them near and dear to my heart. <laughs> I want to give Him some water and keep the feet clean. I want to kiss Him. And express my mo. you're an emotional being at Bob Jones University. My children went there a little bit. And my daughter went to the nursing school and I think the bedpans took care of her. But nevertheless, my son graduated over there and they would tell, we don't get emotional in the service. Well, I can look at her, I can kiss her, and my shirt tail run up my back like a window shade. We're emotional beings. We're emotional. Now you wait till next Friday or Saturday when the Tigers and Tennessee Volunteers get together. it will probably split the church up there. Where my son, is. maybe break up a home or two. Some of them's Tennessee fans, and some of them's Clemson fans. You're emotional. Don't sit there and look at me like a collage of the wooden Indian. You know you're emotional i get emotional in church yes, sir. i get emotional at home yeah amen i get emotional watching my ball team play yep amen. we're emotional beings all right, right. my wife is the king queen of a red velvet cake meat bacon she's got one out in the car and you stay out of my car and don't touch it or i will get emotional <laughs> we're taking it to the family get together Get your emotion. You say, oh, that's just emotion. That's not God. God works with our emotions. It's all through the Bible. The woman at the wells, I kiss a sycamore tree, and Peter down there at the fishing. But oh, he dealt with their emotions. Two things Simon didn't give him any water, and Simon didn't give him a kiss. Here's what Jesus said about that sinful woman. He said, Since I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. Now, a little peck on the cheek got him in. That keeping on kissing him and loving him through those good songs, the beautiful star in Bethlehem, the other one the young lady sang, the congregational thing, and you just keep loving Jesus and reaching out to him. I'm telling you, he'll stay around Amen. here. Amen. He wants to be worshiped, preacher. You got a worship in church. I'm glad you do. Amen. Yes. My when I got saved, my pastor taught me the worst way in the world to die. what do you think it was? Here's what my pastor told me. The worst way one of the worst ways in the world to die is for a cowboy to fall off a horse and his boot hung in the stirrup and that stir that horse dragged him to death. Skin flying, blood flying, just run, drag it. And I've been in some churches, they have dragged, they've drugged me everywhere till I couldn't hold my head up. I guess that's what that's for. It's the only thing I know. God's a going somewhere and worship me. If he says, be still, know I'm God, I get still and know he's God. If he says, shift her into high gear and worship me and let the glory roll, I worship him in that way. But I know it's been abused and I know it's been used and I know a lot of good things going on, but here's what I'm trying to say. You have some gifts that you can give the Lord. You can give him some tears. You can give him some emotion and you can kiss him. That oil, that's all that lady had. That's the most precious thing, apparently, that she possessed. That was her living. That was what she had gained in this world. And she laid that down at the feet of Jesus. What can you give him this morning? I'm about through. My watch stopped at 28 after 11 for some reason. Today the world stood still, I guess. But uh, what can you give him? You can give him fellowship with him. And you can worship him. And you can give him whatever. We've given, I don't know of a thing, and I'm not boasting. God got a hold of me 55 years ago, shortly after I was saved. And I don't know what the preacher preached. I don't remember it, preacher. But I do remember going out of the church. And I opened the car door up to let my wife sit down. And when I did, I said, Jesus we want you to go home with us today. We got to the house. I opened the door, helped my wife out, and I said, Lord Jesus, I want you to come into the house today. We want you to be the unseen guest at every meal. We want you to be the silent listener to every conversation in this house. We want you to be the Lord of our home. had never been the same since that day. I can't, I love to go home, don't you? What can you give the Lord? Well, listen very closely. Give me five minutes and I'm through. You can give him your heart. I'm preaching gifts that are fit for a king. What does Jesus want from you? Firstly, he wants your heart. Proverbs 23, verse number 26. Solomon, I, I didn't look to see if Solomon wrote that. He promised several writers in Proverbs. Solomon probably wrote that. He said, give me thine heart. God said that through through the pen give me thine heart. You give him your heart and the rest of that verse talks about your eye and it'll keep you out of the ditch and all that the way you're going to go. You can have you ever given him your heart. December 31st 1966 I gave him my heart. You not only can give him your heart, but the Bible says in Romans twelve one. I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your body a living sacrifice holy acceptable unto God which is reasonable service be not conformed to the world but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God you can give him your body. God needs some bodies. He wants your heart. Somebody's got to preach. Amen. Somebody's got to play the instruments. I told my wife a while ago. I said I believe I can learn that trumpet. Yeah. I've got plenty of hot air. Hey. Hey. I said I, I believe I can learn to play that trumpet. Now I'll be eighty-two my birthday. I still believe I got enough left to toot a horn. Hey. Hey. I don't think I'll ever be able to play like the sister playing that piano a while ago, but. Uh, I make it toot to it may be tougher than I think it is, but uh, I believe I could toot it once or twice. I can give him my body to serve him. I've been trying to learn to preach for 55 years. I ain't learned that yet, so I may try to do something I need to learn. I can learn. You can give him your heart. You can give him your body. You can give him your all put it all on the altar for Jesus. I have done that. I remember and I'm through. We rent a little in Tampa, Florida, back in 1967. A little gunshot building about wide as that first row of pews. Had one row of pew in them, if I remember correctly. Maybe two short rows. I think it had two short rows. But... Uh, had a seven-foot ceiling, and I had a five-foot-six preacher that learned to whisper in a sawmill. He'd out-preach a buzzsaw, had a voice, I'm telling you, that she rattled the windows. And that low ceiling, God got a hold of my heart in that service, and I crawled up the aisle, got in the altar on that side of the altar, and bowed before God, and I said, Lord, here I am. I've, tried, I've given you my heart. You've saved me. I've tried to present my body to you to do something for you. But, Lord, I'm just crawling upon the altar and let the sacrifice, the fire fall on it and use me as you see fit from this day forward. That's why I'm not in Progress Baptist Church with my family this morning. Jesus wanted me here at Landon to preach his message to you. Somebody here today. You need to give him your soul. Let him save your soul. Don't trust some old profession that didn't change your life. Have you fellowship? Have you experienced Jesus in this place today? Have you fellowship with him? Have you worshipped him? That's a missing thing today. Everywhere we go, is people don't worship. They have a form of godliness as Paul said they would and I'm, I'm through. They have a form of godliness denying the power they're all from such turn away. Don't give them a dollar. Don't give them a thing. Get out of there and get where you can worship God. Amen. Amen. I promised the Lord two things years ago and I'm through preacher. I'll quit. I don't want to but I'm going to quit. I said Lord saved our soul, got our home straightened out and said, I said I promise you and I give, I make an oath unto you that we will keep our children under old fashioned preaching and old fashioned worship as long as you let us have them. And we've tried to keep that true. I want somebody to rear back and preach to my family. Now I want a worshiping spirit where they go to church. Everybody don't agree with it. Simon didn't agree with it. His friends didn't agree with it. But that woman, the last verse there, verse 50, she got saved by the grace of God. Now I noticed this, and I wrote that in my Bible. And this, she didn't say one word and got saved. It's not one, two, three, repeat after me. That don't get you saved. Quoting some other preacher or something there, that doesn't get you saved. But giving your heart to Jesus... That's what gets you saved. Amen. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Amen. Gifts that are fit for... What can you give a king? you come on. If you were. What, can we, what can we give a king? Amen. One of the sisters came up there and gave me a little red and white cane. Candy cane about that long, and then she gave my wife a big white one about that long. I said I should have had the big one. I'm the one that needs a cane more than she does. But uh, <laughs> what, what can we give the Lord? Hey, good, give him your life. Amen. You will not. You give Jesus your life, and if He doesn't fill it up right. and make something beautiful out of it, I'll quit preaching. Amen. He didn't say there wouldn't be hard times. One more minute. A good friend of our my family doctor <clears throat> his daughter's expecting and she they found she's got a brain tumor. And she's having seizures, drawing her legs and arms up and they afraid she's gonna lose the baby. Preacher boy that surrendered a nice was over here, Brother Keith Voles, his wife, they found out she has breast cancer, the aggressive breast cancer. They love the Lord. Brother Gene Mathias, a good friend of mine in Kentucky, he's had have triple bypass this week. It's just one thing after another. But listen to me. He didn't say it would be easy, but he said he'd take your ashes and make something beautiful out of it. Amen. Give him give him a chance in your life. Somebody probably needs to get saved, preacher. You've got religion, you've got baptized, you've been baptized so many times, the tadpole knows your social security number. Get saved this morning, would you, preacher? Thank you.